our King and Savior draweth nigh. O come, let us adore him. Please be seated. Advent is a time of preparation, preparation for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now, pop quiz. <coughs> Who said yes? <laughs> you miss school already, Stephen? <laughs> in what way do we primarily prepare in this holy season? For in what way in which the Lord will return? I just gave the answer, actually, by accident. We prepare primarily for the Lord's second coming in this time of Advent. In what other ways does the Lord come to us and we must be prepared to meet him? Brian, in our prayers, when we pray, we are meeting our Lord. And so prayer is no ordinary thing but opening our heart to commune with our God. In, a, in what other ways <coughs> does our Lord come to us? Through people, but that's the last answer, because that's where the sermon's going today, so save that right there. Just hold that. Sarah, in holy communion, blessed are you, child. That's, through holy communion, where the Lord gives us his very life. In what other ways? Through the reading of the Holy Scripture and in the proclamation of Holy Scripture, the Lord is present to us and His Word and His life take root within us. Rebecca. What did she say, Christine? Oh, okay. Someone took it. In what other way? In holy confession, where we are washed in the blood of the Lamb and we find ourselves at the foot of the cross. And in the fellowship of the gathering of the church. But today, on the fourth Sunday of Advent, I want to share a couple of testimonies where we find our Lord among the people. Thank you, Joan. Among God's people. For when the Lord returns in glory, he shall gather to himself all peoples of every nation, of all time. And when the Lord came as a child in Bethlehem, he descended from the realms of glory and came among his people. He tells us that whenever two or three are gathered in his name, that he is there in the midst of them. We are told in the Holy Scriptures that we are able to find the Lord in other people and in strangers and in those with whom, to whom we minister. The Lord comes to us in so many ways. He comes to us in great glory in the second coming. He comes to us through the fellowship of the church. He comes to us through the proclamation of his word. He comes to us through the holy sacrament of the altar. He comes to us in prayer. He comes to us when we are absolved from our sins and holy confession. He comes for us at the time of our death, the end of this life. But he comes to us also 
and other people. And this is perhaps the most difficult, to recognize Jesus in the faces of others. To recognize Jesus in the face of the stranger. To know that when we minister to others, that we are ministering to him. Jesus tells us that whenever we go among his people, whenever we go among strangers, we were ministering and are ministering to him. He says that on the last day, whenever you did this to the least of my brethren, I tell you, you did this to me. Are we able to see Jesus in one another? Or are we only able to see people in their shortcomings or their failings or their stumblings or their sins? Are we ever able to see them through the eyes of Jesus and to see in their eyes Jesus himself? A few of us several weeks ago now when it was warmer. Yeah, although it's getting cold again. Several weeks ago, some of us were out on a prayer walk and we were bringing some food from Convoy of Hope to those who had requested a visit from one of the churches involved in Convoy of Hope. And so we were going door to door and one of those that were on the prayer walk with us said, you know, we are so close to a friend down the road, it'd be nice if we could go by and visit with this person. So we did, and that person wasn't at home. But so we decided to knock on the other door in the house, and we did, and uh, after about a minute, uh, an elderly, mostly bald woman answered the door. She said, come on in. We had never met her before. She didn't know us. We didn't know her. But she invited us right into her home. And so we went into her home, and as we began to share who we were, she said, I know who you are. You have that chapel up on Lincoln Street. And then she went on to say, you're Catholic, but you're not Roman Catholic. I said, would you like to teach on Sunday? And she went on to share with us that for the past five years she had been battling with cancer. She was now in her mid-80s and that she has had quite a struggle for several years now. But that she knew who we were and what we were doing in, in Marlboro. And she shared with us that what she liked about our church and what she heard about our church was that we not only uh, worship the Lord but we actually worship him by serving others, by coming to her door. 
And so we shared a gift bag with her, and she told us that she liked peanut butter M&Ms and Deacon Susie, uh, we just visited with her the other day again, and Deacon Susie got her peanut butter M&Ms, and she, she was delighted with those peanut butter M&Ms. But as we were uh, with her this time, this is, I think, our third visit uh, with, with her. Her name is Tony. As we visited with her this time, uh, she said, you know, I would love if you would pray with me, right, Brian, the power of prayer, and uh, I might be calling upon you so I could receive the sacrament. She said, you see, my priest is so busy and has so many people that he's not able to, to get here. And so if I run into a bind, I may call you. See, what she was hungering for was Jesus. She's saying, look, if I can't have Jesus come to me in the sacrament, then I'm going to call you and have you bring him to me. And what she didn't realize is that she was ministering Jesus to us. She prays for us. She has a whole bunch of people praying for this church family now. And so I said, well, I have anointing oil. Would you like to be anointed? And she said, I would love to be anointed. And so we anointed her and we prayed over her. And she was so moved by that. Even more so than the peanut butter M&Ms. Maybe. And then Deacon Susie said, I have the sacrament in my car and her eyes just lit up you could see it was just flowing from her heart through her eyes because she knew that Jesus was coming to her in another special way that day and then we after we gave her holy communion we sang to her three or four don't tell the bishop i know it's advent but we won't see her before christmas three or four christmas carols and when we were done torturing her, she was absolutely delighted. Delighted. And then she said, would you too sing O Holy Night? She started to put in requests. <laughs> but then this 83-year-old woman who has gone through cancer for several years now who welcomed us into her home, not as strangers, but as if we were Jesus himself. This woman shared with us something that was so important. She said, I have a prayer card here, and she started to recite it. And then she said, I want you to take it. And I said, oh no, I couldn't take it from you. And she said, I can't read it. My eyesight is so bad, I can't read it. And so I took it from her and put it in my pocket. And I thought, what a wonderful prayer this is. It's called trust in God. And I thought how it ministered Jesus to me in that moment as she opened this prayer to me and to uh, Deacon Susie. And so I wanted to share it with you. 
This is what this 83-year-old woman prays every day. Trust in God. It says, do not look forward to trials and crosses of this life with dread and fear. Rather, look to them with full confidence that as they arise, God to whom you belong will deliver you from them. He has guided and guarded you thus far in this life. Do you but hold fast to his dear hand, he will lead you safely through all trials. Whenever you cannot stand, he will carry you lovingly in his arms. Do not look forward to what may happen tomorrow. The same eternal Father who cares for you today will take good care of you tomorrow and every day of your life. Either he will shield you from suffering, or he will give you the unfailing strength to bear it. Be at peace then, and put aside all useless thoughts, all vain dreads, and all anxious imaginations. Amen. This is truly a prayer of trust. This is the prayer that has allowed this 83-year-old woman who has hardly left her home in the past five years except to go to doctor visits to still have a gleam in her eye and joy in her heart and to recognize Jesus in strangers and in prayer and in the sacraments of his church. Do not look forward to trials and crosses in this life with dread and fear. It does not say because you will not have trials and crosses in this life. What it says is it speaks of our approach, our disposition as trials and crosses arise in life. We are not to come to them with dread and fear. Rather, we are to look to them with full confidence. So you exchange dread and fear for confidence. What a deal. We bring to the cross our dread and fear. Raise your hand if when trials and crosses arose in your life, you did not have dread and fear. Right? We all do. And yet Jesus tells us over and over and over again, do not be afraid. Believe in me. Believe in God. Trust in me. Look with full confidence that as they arise, God to whom you belong. That's probably my favorite line of the whole prayer. We belong to God. He loves us. We are his, and he is ours. He will deliver us. We must trust him as we walk through the trials and crosses, but he shall deliver us. He has guided us and guarded us thus far in life. If we but hold fast to his dear hand, he will lead us safely 
through all trials. Not necessarily today, not necessarily tomorrow, but he shall deliver us. Just as the darkness sometimes grows in our life, so yesterday was the day with the longest period of darkness. Now light grows. Each and every day, a little more light, casting out the darkness, getting brighter and brighter. This is how it is when we walk with our God. The light grows in our hearts and the darkness gets smaller. In those times when we cannot stand, He will carry us lovingly in His arms. I was very moved by this prayer of trust and realized that often I exchange trust for fear. That I am often given over to fear rather than faith. But when that happens, then I will fail to be able to see Jesus in other people. She then went on to say, uh, oh, you know, and I think I shared this with you a few weeks ago, uh, we, there's a bunch of us praying every day that God will open St. Anne's Church to you. And she said, there's, there's a bunch of us who will come home to church. She said, I may even get up and come. She went on to say, in fact, uh, my uncle, uh, John, I'm thinking your uncle, you're 83. <laughs> but it turns out her uncle, you know, one of those big, big families where the uncle is like six days older than, than she is. She said, my uncle John... Uh, she said his parents were one of the founders of uh, St. Anne's. I said, what's John's last name? And she said, John Grasso. And I said, I know John Grasso from our breakfast ministry. About three or four years ago now, we were out at a breakfast ministry at McDonald's and John overheard us talking about our ministry in French Hill and St. Anne's and he followed me in his car to try to catch up with me. And I pulled into the Methodist church with my hand on the 911 button because I noticed this guy following me. And I'm thinking, man, if you want an Egg McMuffin, just tell me here, just, you know. And he got out and he said, you know, you, you, I heard you. What a thing that you when other people are abandoning God's people, you want to go back in. And we've known John for several years. And then she told us about other relatives, and I knew them from the, the fire department. And what it, the story is, is that if we but open our hearts, we will find Jesus not only in the fellowship of the church, not only in the prayers of our hearts, not only in the proclamation and in the reading of his word, not only in the sacrament of the altar, not only when he comes in glory, but we will find him 
in the hearts and faces of other people. We will see Jesus in them, and they will see Jesus in us. And the darkness of this world, which at times is great, will begin to be banished as the light of Christ Jesus grows. Just as there was one candle burning in the darkness, and then the second week, two candles, the light growing a little bit, and the third week, and none of you were here, for the third week, by the way. <laughs> Neither was I. The rose candle. And now the fourth. And in a couple of nights when we gather, let the hearer understand, when we gather on Christmas Eve, the Christ candle will be lit. And the light grows. And we are promised in John chapter 1 that the light has come into this world in Jesus Christ and that the darkness shall not overcome it. So do not fear, for the darkness shall not overcome you. The light of Jesus, the light of Jesus has come. Allow that light to shine in your hearts. Allow that light to shine through you. See that light burning in the hearts of others. Help it to burn even more fully in their hearts. For our King and Savior draweth near. He is coming. Let us adore Him not only in the church, but let us adore Him out there when we see Him in others. Glory to God, who has given us salvation and light in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God, forever and ever. Amen.